This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBank St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. unusual for most of my sermons that I normally speak to, so it'd be great if you do. It's lovely to be here with you. Um, as um, Tim just said, I'm Chrissy. Um, I'm Nicole's sister. I've got my husband, Martin, and two of our children here with us today. Um, and our adopted family member, Jordan, who kind of comes everywhere as our groupie, um, which is great, <laughs> um, here with us today. I work at Shiloh. I've been working at Shiloh for 20 years, I know it's a long time, um, in various different roles, but I'm currently um, community coordinator at Shiloh, so I'm in charge of all the kind of community stuff that happens, and uh, keep your eyes open because very soon we're piloting, which is like the launch of a new kind of branch of Shiloh, which has been very exciting, um, just realising that actually um, church structures don't always uh, aren't always easy for people to come into so what could church in the community look like so we're really excited about what we're kind of going to be going to be happening there um, but coming back here is a really special place for me because um, actually my whole faith journey started here at Delancey many years ago um, used to come to Young Vines as a teenager on a Friday evening when it was absolute madness here, um, when there was, I think there was up to 100 of us sometimes, some evenings here, young people. And I'm very grateful to Paul, who I know has gone off quickly when he saw me come in the door. He's run, he's hidden. Um, Paul Gannon and many others who um, were here on a Friday evening because it was at one of those evenings where, you know, those five little epilogues at the end which you never think will do anything because young people are running wild. It was at one of those that I remember giving my life to Jesus very clearly. And so I'm always very grateful when I come back here to Delancey. And also Martin um, was baptised here. Um, you remember as part of the band Shekinah many years ago. Do you remember Shekinah Glory used to play at um, Trailblaze years ago? So um, for us too, as a couple, this is a very special place. So it's almost like coming home, um, which is really lovely. Um, but today I've just kind of, Nicole said to me, you can speak on anything you like. So uh, I'm going to go for it. I'm not going to speak about her. She'll be pleased to know. Uh, I could say lots of things, couldn't I, actually? I could really stitch her up this morning um, and uh, get her back. But actually, she's the one who's um, trained and ordained and theological. And I'm just the one who just sort of found my way somewhere through um, and muddled through. Um, but over the past few months at Shiloh, we've been kind of looking at a series and acts. And um, as I was preparing a few weeks ago, I felt God challenge me about just a a few verses from the book of Acts, chapter 19. So if you have your Bibles with you, um, it's Acts chapter 19. Um, And here's what it says. I've got it here. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptised? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, 
John baptised with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was coming after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. And if we jump down to verse 11, it says, And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out. Right, we'll leave it there. You know, I must have read that passage hundreds of times. And yet, as I read it this time, I was just like totally blown away. Totally like, oh my goodness, even the handkerchiefs and the aprons that had touched Paul's skin were carried away and people were healed. Their diseases left them when they touched those handkerchiefs. And I was like, wow, I don't know about you, but that really got me excited. I got really excited because I was thinking the power of the Holy Spirit at work in such an incredible way. I was like, imagine someone bringing a handkerchief here today and someone being healed because of the power of the Holy Spirit at work. I thought that's amazing. And it challenged me again to think, how passionate am I? How passionate am I about the work of the Holy Spirit at work in my own life? How passionate am I about seeing the Holy Spirit at work through me? 2 Timothy 1 verse 5 says this, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. What an amazing passage of the Bible that is, fun into flame. And I can't help but to be inspired by these words this morning, these words that Paul wrote. He wrote them to the people that he really loved the people that were really close to him. It was the end of his life. You know, Paul wrote a book called 1 Timothy, a book called Titus, and then 2 Timothy, and he wrote them in that order. And in between 1 Timothy and Titus and 2 Timothy, Paul went into prison, and he came out again, and then he went back into prison again. Okay, that was his journey. And the second time Paul was in prison, it was in a terrible time. Okay, he was treated really, really poorly. Um, The Christians were having a terrible time in the Roman Empire and it was horrendous. And Paul was basically left, not in a prison like we might imagine today, but basically it was in a cold, dark dungeon, left alone, all alone. That's where Paul found himself. He knows that that he's at the end of his life. He knows he hasn't got long left. He knows that he will soon be in heaven, that his time on this world is coming to an end. We know this because he tells Timothy, I've run my race, I've fought the good fight, and now I'm going to leave this world. He's coming to the end of his days here on earth. And as Paul sensed and knew that the time was growing closer, that he was going to leave, he knew that he wanted to encourage some people, and he wanted to encourage this young pastor called Timothy. 
Paul had been like a bit of a spiritual father and a bit of a mentor to Timothy. They'd spent time together. He wanted to encourage him. And so he wrote him this letter. And what does he encourage him to do, as we've read? He encourages him to fan into flame the gift of God that is within him. Fan into flame the gift of God within him. He wanted to help Timothy to be encouraged, to encourage him to keep doing the work that God has, was doing through him and in his life. He wanted it to be blown by the Holy Spirit so that it would be strengthened and it would increase. That's what was on Paul's heart. He wanted to see Timothy flourish in his ministry. And you know, I kind of feel at the moment um, in churches on the island and um, among different churches and all of us here as Christians this morning that God would want to do the same in us too. That God would want to do the same in us. He wants to fan into flame that thing that he's placed in your heart. What is it? What is it that God has placed in your heart? I'm sure you know there's something that God has put in your heart to do. Whether it's you feel like God's told you to set up a prayer to meet, prayer meeting at work, whether it's you know you want to be involved in children's ministry, whether you've got a heart for worship, whether it's for the toddler group, whether it's making tea and coffee, what is it that God has placed in your heart for you to do? God wants to fan it into flame. You know, I was a bit of a strange child, and um, I loved going to Oatlands. It wasn't the Otie and Joey's amazing place that it is today. Didn't even have a play zone back then. I don't know if you remember, it used to have like lots of touristy attractions. And I used to love going into the glass blowing bit. Do you remember the glass blowing bit at Oatlands? Yeah, lots of you are nodding. Look, good old guns that we are. Um, and we used to go in there, and there would be a man with a big long pipe. Do you remember? And he used to dip it in that kind of, I guess it was melted melted glass or whatever it is in the pot and he'd have a big ball on the end and then he'd blow down the pipe and this ball of molten whatever it is on the end used to get bigger and it used to grow and grow and grow and as he put it in the fire he'd keep blowing on it do you remember jane remembers yeah and you blow on it and the ball and the glass and the vase got bigger and bigger and it used to amaze me that if you put wind on fire the fire intensified it didn't go out okay the fire grew stronger it was almost like as he blew into that fire it was like supercharging the heat okay the heat got hotter and hotter and wind has the ability to fan fire into flame to take it to new levels to new degrees that it has never reached before and could never have got to on its own And I believe that's exactly what God wants to do with us. He wants to come and blow on our lives and to take us to degrees and to levels that we could never have done on our own, where we could have never have gone on our own. There's something going on in your hearts. I know there is. There's something that God has placed because he has something for each of us. There's something in our hearts. Paul was telling Timothy, there's something great in your heart. Now, some people read that as a bit of a put-down and say Paul was saying you need to fan it into flame, but I don't think that's what Paul was saying here at all. I think he was saying your flame is small, but your flame is great. That's a gift from God. That flame that is there is great. You might have a tiny little seed of an idea, a tiny little flame of something going on that God is doing just something little in your life. But Paul was saying... 
Your flame is small, but it's great. It just needs to get bigger. That flame needs to get bigger and that flame needs to get hotter and that flame needs to burn brighter as the wind of the Spirit starts to blow on it. So you can be taken to degrees and levels that you never ever thought were possible to reach. It's great what got you here, but it's not going to get you to over there. You need more. That flame might not have shrunk in your heart, it might not have shrunk in my heart, But God says, I love the fact that flame is there, but I want to blow on it. I want to see you reach new heights. I want to see not three people on the Alpha Course, I want to see the doghouse full of people on the Alpha Course. I want to see this church packed. I want to see our island being changed because I want to blow on that flame that has started in your heart. I want to see you reach whole new proportions. You know, I hope that you believe that where you are now is not where you're going to be in 10 years' time, 20 years' time. I hope that where we are now isn't where we're going to end up. Where we are now isn't where we'll be. God has so much more for you. He wants to blow on your heart. He wants to blow on your life. He wants to blow on your dreams, the things, the ambitions that you have. He wants to blow on them and he wants to make them bigger than you could ever, ever think or imagine. He wants to take you to amazing places. So four things, four very simple things this morning about fire. Number one, the fire comes from above, but we need to keep it alight with love. Okay, it comes from above. Let's not mistake what we're talking about here. I'm not talking about a man-made fire. I'm talking about the fire that is in your belly, okay, that comes from God, that comes from above. It's a fire and a passion within. It comes from God himself. Paul said that this fire came from the laying on of hands. It came from the laying on of hands. Now, one of the things that I believe that should be so important to us as all church communities is to be receiving, giving the opportunity for people to receive the power of God through the laying on of hands. People should be receiving the Holy Spirit The Bible tells us that we receive the Spirit through the laying on of hands. And in our churches today, I believe that we need to be so much more intentional about the laying on of hands. It's one thing that, you know, we don't do enough of at Shiloh. We need to lay on of hands and pray for people. We need to be more intentional that every single person has the opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit. You know, we are heading for an absolute disaster I think, if we're doing God's work without God's power. If we're trying to do God's work without God's power in our own strength, then we're heading for a disaster. And I know that you here at Delancey, you've always believed in the laying on of hands and the filling of the Holy Spirit. I know that because I've experienced that here myself. And that's so incredible to give people the opportunity to receive God's Spirit in a unique way. However, I don't think there should be a single person in our church communities who are serving without the opportunity to receive the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. It's the same as Paul looking back to a point in Timothy's life and saying to him, remember when this happened, we asked for it, we laid hands on you, and we believe that you received the power of the Holy Spirit. It's exactly the same. And if you're trying to do God's work without God's power, then... I think it's really important that we ask for it. 
we ask for it. And it's not weird or not freaky. I know some people get a bit afraid when they ask to talk about the Holy Spirit. One thing really important to remember, I think, is that God works in a super way, but naturally. God works in a super way, but very naturally. You know, when we receive the Holy Spirit in our lives, it will make us a better mum. It will make us a better dad, a better wife, a better husband, a better work colleague, a better accountant, a better receptionist, a better teacher, a better daughter, a better student. The Holy Spirit changes our whole life. When we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, it changes our whole life. But this fire that comes from above has to be kept alight with love. You know, we need to continue to revive that which we have received. Secondly, very quickly, it goes out if it's left alone. That's a very simple principle of fire, isn't it? It goes out if it's left alone. You know, us as human beings, we have um, a tendency to drift, don't we? Just drift through life. But if you've ever noticed, we never drift in the right direction. Drifting always happens in the wrong direction. And it's the same with fire, isn't it? When you turn your back on it, it will always go out. It will just fizzle out. It will just drift off. That's what fire happens. We have to keep that fire alive. We have to work at it. We have to build that fire up. Third thing about fire. Being on fire in the past is no guarantee that you're on fire today. Okay? Being on fire in the past is no guarantee that you're still on fire today. If you can remember a time in your life when you can say, wow, I was really on fire then. Do you remember that time when we had flags in the church and people were really excited and passionate and really in worship. If we can say that, if we can say, we were really on fire then, I was really on fire then, then it doesn't always mean that we're still on fire today. You know, often we have forgotten to do the first things. And I love this quote, to rekindle it, we need to give more attention to prayer, to reading God's word and regular worship with God's people. You know, these things are the things that we did at the beginning. And they're not profound. They're not particularly sexy. (laughs) They're just basics, aren't they? They're just the basics. And the main things are often the plain things, and the plain things are often the main things. That's the way it happens. We need to be doing those things again. And if you can think of a time when you were more on fire for God, when you were hotter than ever, when you think, actually, I was just full of the Spirit, I was out there doing so much for God, then I can guarantee that you were reading the Bible, giving more time to prayer, and you were consistently meeting together with God's people. You were hungry. You wanted to keep that fire alive. And number four, people are drawn to a roaring fire. People are drawn to a roaring fire. There's just something about a bonfire or a fire pit or something that just makes people come and gather around. You know, when we were young, when we were teenagers, we used to go and swim in the sea, and while we were in the sea, one person's job would be to light a little bonfire on the beach, that when we came back up, we'd all sit around the fire, and we'd almost burn our toes, because we'd all be, like, getting so close as, po- as close as we possibly could. Or in the garden, we'd have a fire pit, you know, and everyone would just gather around instantly and toast marshmallows, and it's just great, isn't it? That's what a fire does. A fire draws people in. People want to huddle around the fire. It kind of gives you that great snuggly feeling. You know, my parents have got a big fireplace in their lounge and in the winter we all just pour in and just all of us are sat around the fireplace because we want to be near the fire. There's something great about it. 
you warm up your hands, you, you, you warm yourself, and people are drawn to a roaring fire. And Jesus said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. And when we're reading the Bible, when we're praying, when we're meeting together, that's what we're doing. We're lifting up the name of Jesus. We're lifting Jesus up. We're making sure our hearts are burning together. And all of a sudden, people will be drawn to it. People will be drawn to the roaring fire. David Hume, he was an 18th century philosopher. And uh, he was openly anti-Christianity. He was openly against Christian teachings. And one day he was hurrying along the streets of London and he bumped into a friend of his and he said, the friend said, I can't stop, I've just got to go. I'm hurrying along, I've got to go. And he said, where are you off to? And he said, I'm going off to hear George Whitfield preach. Now if you know George Whitfield, he's a very famous preacher um, of his time. And the guy said, what? Why are you going to hear George Whitfield preached, surely you don't believe what this guy is saying about the Bible and about God, do you? You can't believe that. And the guy said, no, 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 I don't believe what he's saying at all. I don't believe anything that he's saying, but he does. But he does. That's why I'm going, because George Whitfield does. He believes in what he's saying. People are drawn. People are drawn when there's passion People are drawn to a roaring fire. And I'm just going to tell you something about this passion, this roaring inferno inside your soul that is attractive. It's winsome. People will be drawn to you when you're passionate about Jesus. People will be drawn to you. It's kind of our wishy-washy kind of like, that kind of like, (laughs) yeah, you laugh at me, yeah? Um, Kind of wishy-washy thing that kind of like, hmm, but when you're passionate about something, you're drawn to people, aren't you? I can chat to people about hours and I can't, about football, and I can't stand football. But if someone's really passionate about it, I'll chat to them about it. You know, what are you passionate about? People will be drawn to you because you're passionate. Your fire is burning inside of you. So this morning, very simply, I just want to kind of feel that God is saying to remind us to remind each one of us to help God's gift grow. Just a small spark grows into a fire when the spirit is blown on it. Just a small spark. What is that small spark that is inside of you this morning? And I just feel that in this season, God would have us all to roar, to really roar, to burn brightly, the fire in our hearts to roar. Specifically, we're sharing God's love in our community. You know, you've done some great community things, I know, recently. And it's fantastic. And with Alpha and other things that you're looking at, it's fantastic. But I feel that God would want us to roar, these fires to roar, so that the impact in our community brings transformation in our island. Not just as individual churches, but together too. I think it's really important that we come together. That's why it's so great that we're doing Soul Survivor with you. This, this summer and we're doing Alpha we've got a table with you at Alpha I love it that we can come together because it's that passion together that keeps stoking the fire when I was um, I, I'm a, I know my family are very long suffering but I stand in the lounge and I, I preach my messages out lots of times so, I, so I'm ready and my husband bless him he's probably heard this six times already um, but um, when, I, when he, I was speaking it out he said to me Chris you know what the thing is, we don't wait for the fire to come. You have to build a fire. 
you have to you have to build it and, and get that fire going. And I just feel that when we as we come to the end this morning of, of the message, that we need to pray that God would again blow on us, that the Spirit would come again and refill us and give people the opportunity to have the laying on of hands and for that spark to start burning brightly and to be filled with the Spirit again. Because that's what's going to bring transformation. That's going to make the difference between us being a little community who come together to being that raging inferno that people just can't stay away from because it's so attractive. And so um, I don't know how you normally do this, um, but um, I'm happy to pray with people. I know Tim and Nigel um, uh, will pray too, but um, can I leave that to you and then we can respond to God? I'll just pray and then we can uh, maybe respond to what God wants to speak to us this morning. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that each one of us here this morning has this spark or this little tiny flame within us. But Father God, thank you that you have so much more for us, more than we could ever imagine or or dream or think, God. And so, Father God, I pray this morning that you would help us to be a people who are bold and who are courageous and to respond to you this morning and allow your Holy Spirit to come and fan into flame that which you've started within us so that we can see transformation happening within our community. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would come now and uh, and move by your Spirit amongst us in the most incredibly powerful way, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.